0: Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. Oh man, Pastor Scott, what a phenomenal word. Hey, Takeover Church, you glad to be in the house of God this morning? No, 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 you didn't hear me. I asked if you were glad to be found in the house of God this morning. That's what I'm talking about. Yo, give it up for Grant on the keys back here. Come on. Oh, man. I just feel like Paul right now with him back there just going to the third heavens. Like, let's go. Uh, But, man, it is Easter Sunday. He is risen. So you can tell the different denominations y'all came from. Some of y'all Pentecostal, you're like, hey, man. And then some of you were, you know, Baptist, and you are like, he's risen indeed. And then the CRC guys, you didn't say anything. So uh, <laughs> I'll be here all week. So will you, because I'm Pentecostal. And uh, this is a revival week service. It's going to be good. Um, but hey, this morning, if you haven't got a chance to meet you yet, I am, yeah. I'm, I'm Matt McClure. Uh, my wife and I, Adrienne, are the lead pastors here at Takeover Church. And uh, I don't usually dress up like this, so be happy It's a good first impression with some of y'all i hope um i had to roll the sleeves up to keep my edge you know um but uh no no no, it's good but i'm so grateful that you're here this morning and uh, i honestly i believe that god is starting something in the middle of worship here uh, that I hope he continues throughout my message because, man, what I got to tell you is that if this is your first time here, this, this special moment that we've had this morning, this, this isn't designated just to Easter Sunday. No, no, no. This special moment isn't because Easter is special. It's because Easter made gathering with, with brothers and sisters under the name and authority of Christ special. Amen. Where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. And how do you know when Jesus is in the room, anything is possible? Man, and I just, oh, I, I promise I'm not going to be emotional. I'm going to blame it on my allergies. And uh, we're, we're going to get through this thing together. Does that sound good this morning? Well, hey, before we go any further, I just wanted to say, I, uh, oh, man. Zach, the Lord really loves you, bro. I just want you to know that the Lord loves you. And he's got so much more for you than just being the guy with the cool Mini Cooper. Like, you, the Mini Cooper's awesome, and he loves it. Um, But I just felt like the Lord had a word for you this morning that, dude, like, he's calling you into film and television but he's not calling you into Christian film and television. He's calling you into a secular world to be a light in the darkness, to be a lighthouse, okay? Like, what he's placed on the inside of you is gonna be a lighthouse that draws the lost ship home, okay? So just know, all this is gonna pay off because he's got something for you on the other side of film school, bro. Stay committed, stay with the Lord, and he's gonna use you in mighty ways, amen? All right, yeah, give it up. Oh, man. You never know what you're going to get uh, with the Lord. Um, it's true. But this morning, uh, man, it's my hope, it's my prayer this morning that you would receive what the Lord has for you today. In fact, um, I think often when you come to a church on Easter Sunday, if it's your first Easter, uh, if it's your first time in church and all these things, like I think there's a lot of the time that our, I don't know, our aim as pastors is usually like, well, I've got to, I got to spend the next 30 minutes, and I've got, got to convince them with 21 different ways why Jesus fulfilled every single prophecy. I need, to just, I need to convince you of Jesus today, and we work ourselves to the bone doing something that the Bible tells us only the Holy Spirit can do. So my prayer today and my plan today is not to convince you of Jesus. I didn't come here today to convince you of Jesus. I came here today to give the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to convict you of Jesus Like, it's my heart and it's my prayer today that the Lord himself would begin a personal relationship with you. And I'm not going to spend the next 30-some-odd minutes and just try and convince you and and, and logically play it all out for you. No, I came to preach the gospel, okay? I came to preach a living word to dying people so that we might live. Amen? So who's ready for the Bible? Who loves our B-I-B-L-E? Come on, somebody. A time where Instagram and TikTok is discipling a nation. No, no, no. We will be a people discipled by the Bible. Amen. So if you're taking notes, the title of my message this morning is Raised to New Life. Raised to New Life. But when you write it down, put new in like parentheses. Okay. Raised to parentheses, new life. Okay. It's going to make sense later on. I promise you. Just go with me. Y'all ready to go with me? Awesome. And Charlie, I know you're already getting ready to get in the group chat. He's going to be like, Matt never talks about the Easter story at Easter. I got you, bro. Don't worry about it. So with the Easter story in mind, go to Romans. Uh, <laughs> Romans 6, 1 through 14, if you got your Bible busted open. If you got your leather back today, bust it open. If you don't have a Bible, no worries. There's tons of great uh, apps on your phone, YouVersion, Bible Hub, or it'll be up here on the Sky Bible. And uh, speaking of the Sky Bible, give it up for Mike and, or Michael and uh, I think Phil's back there running sound. So give it up for the AV team. Just keeping everything a steady flow here. All right, Romans 6, 1 through 14. I'm coming out of the ESV version today. Um, it's going to be good. Ready? What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Come on. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were then baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death... Like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Oh, that is good news. That is good news. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him we know that christ being raised from the dead will never die again death no longer has dominion over him for the death he died he died to sin once and for all somebody say once and for all all. shoot but the life he lives he lives to god and so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to god in christ jesus let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body somebody say let not Let not, let's be a let not kind of people this morning. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And your members to God as instruments for his righteousness. For sin will have no dominion. Somebody say no dominion. No dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace is there any people under grace today is there anybody grateful for god's grace today come on well then we're going to pray and we're going to see what this new race to life uh life is all about <sighs> father god far out lord we love you we just love you jesus we just love you jesus god we don't come to church on easter sunday y'all got me crying already we don't, god we don't come church on Easter Sunday for a program. We didn't come today for a preacher or a worship leader to impress us into submission. No, Father God, today, God, we didn't come here for no other reason than to encounter the living God. The living God. The living God. We didn't come today for a dead Jesus still hanging on a cross. We came for the Jesus who took 300 pounds of linen and oil and incense and he folded them up just to make a statement. When he left the empty tomb, Father God, right now, we just ask that you would come. That you would move that you would holy spirit would come and begin to move between people god there's fractured relationships in here today father begin to restore marriages as we sit next to each other begin to restore trust and brotherhoods and sisterhoods of people to our left to our right who maybe have betrayed us or maybe hurt us unknowingly god whatever it is today father god if there's sickness in the place would you heal it father god whatever is going on just leave us today looking more like your son jesus Father, I didn't come to create a bunch of little Matt McClure's. Lord knows we don't need more of them. But Father, we came today to celebrate Jesus, the firstborn among many brethren and sisters, so that we would be recreated in his image and likeness. So come, rule, and reign. Every other spirit in this room, suicide, you die in Jesus' name. Depression, you die in Jesus' name. Come on, the demonic, you go back to hell from which you came people who are doubting God's ability, who are doubting Jesus right now, that mindset, we just call that to leave in Jesus' mighty name. We say, Holy Spirit, come and rest on us. Come and rest within us, Father God. We don't just make room for you, we give you the room, Father God. We don't just talk about you, we talk with you, Father God. So Holy Spirit, come rule and reign in this place. Be with me as I preach. And God, we're gonna get out the way and we're gonna give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And Father God, while I have your attention before we get to the message, God, I ask that right now, you just begin to stir up in people the desire to be baptized. Doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, maybe today's your first day being a Christian, maybe you've been a Christian 15 years. Father, we know, we look to Jesus, we look to the book of Acts, we look to all of the early church, Father God, and this is something that you have told your people to do, Father God, that baptism is so much more than just a public declaration father god it is a declaration to the heavens that you can have all of me i have nothing reserved anymore god if there's a christian in here and you haven't been baptized today is your day we've got towels and i got extra t-shirts and you can have a free one like this is your day to be baptized Give God all of you the submerge, the underneath the waters, the washing and the cleansing. I have no idea what happens underneath there. So many people would say, it's just practical, man. I don't believe that. Because when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came and rested upon him. And Father God looked down and said, this is my son in who I'm well pleased. So Father, today, we invite that same moment, every other Christian in this room, those who will come home for the first time today God begin to work on us begin to tug us begin to motion us towards the baptism this is our moment where we just proclaim God you can have all of us and Jesus my name of faithful church said amen come on all right a raised new life a raised new life so here's the deal I love Jesus I love Jesus. Jesus is my favorite thing ever. I love the bride of Christ. I love the Bible. I love Father God. I love Holy Spirit. I love it all. And man, when I think about Easter Sunday and I think about what Jesus went through, I, friends, I think so often, I think so often we just get excited about it because. Obviously this is the greatest thing ever. This 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 literally cr- this cross of Christ, this empty tomb. It split all of time and space. It changed the entire dynamic celestial, heavenly, earthly, demonic. Everything changed at the cross and empty tomb of Jesus. Friends, I told you I wasn't going to try and convince you today, but you got to know even the mere fact of the date that you were born on, the year that it is, all of these things. Jesus Christ, his resurrection, his death, all of it is what every society in the universe, in the world is built upon. Everything, AD after death, BC before Christ, it's all predicated on the fact that Jesus came, told us he was God died and rose again like he said he would do Babe Ruth call on his shot he said I'm gonna come back in three days and dang it he did and everything has been changed ever since but I want to tell you about this moment I want to tell you about this moment because if we do not understand what Jesus did in this moment I'm afraid that we could leave here today with just another Easter message with another guy in a tie and go about our lives but I didn't come today for you to go and leave here and go about your lives as you came in no no no. I came here today that you would experience the resurrection and the life not just hear about the resurrection but experience the resurrection and the life man we aren't interested in being a dead church with dead people, with dead pastors, preaching dead messages. We are a alive church with alive people, with alive pastors, preaching alive messages because we have an alive Christ, amen? So Jesus, he's the man, he's amazing. He is Lord, he is savior, he is king of kings, amen? This is our Jesus. So Jesus, he's been doing ministry for three years at this moment. Can you believe that? Three years and he changed the entire game. Everything. Everything. Three years. God, I, I just wonder what, what the Lord could do with our lives wholly submitted over to him. God, you can do that with Jesus and He's God, fully God, and fully man at the same time. What can he do with someone like me? What can you do with someone like you? No offense, maybe you thought today you were all that in a bag of potato chips, but friends, Jesus is the only one that's all that in a bag of potato chips, okay? It's it's probably, you know, a bag of of fish loaves and all that good stuff, but... Stupid joke. Moving on. Amen. So Jesus he's making all the noise, he's setting people free, he's healing, he's delivering people from uh, demons, he is just being the ultimate king of kings, and he he is just the example of God's power, and what a life given completely over to the Holy Spirit can do, what a life in right relationship with God can do, a life that is justified and righteous, amen, a sinless life, what this can do, it's an amazing example that he gives us, and so Jesus All of a sudden we see him in the garden and he is sweating blood he is tearful he is just grieving before the lord has anybody ever grieved before the lord and he is just groaning and he's just like father because he knows he knows what he came to do he knows his assignment he knows what god made his earthly time here to be all the miracles and all of the death he knows and he says this in this moment. He goes, Father God, if there is any way that this cup may pass through me, then take it. But if not, I will drink this cup of wrath. What you have to pour out on all of humanity, pour it out on me. I will consume it. I will take it. I will do it. Not my will. Even the Son of Man. Can you believe that? Jesus, even Jesus had to say to God, "Not my will, but Your will be done." Man, I hope this convicts some of us today because we're going to leave here just being like, "Yep, yeah, God's will, not mine." If Jesus Himself, who is God, had to do that, I would certainly have to do that. And so He goes, "Not my will, Father, but Your will be done." Signed, sealed, delivered. Jesus made an agreement with God's will for his life. And what happens is this, this is Passover. Passover is awesome. And there's an amazing celebration that's going on. And see, there's this King Herod at the time. There's this other ruler, Pilate, at the time. And you see, they go and they arrest Jesus. There's this thing with Peter, where Peter's like, this ain't happening. And it's a whole big scene, but ultimately ends with Jesus willfully surrendering himself to the will of God. He didn't surrender himself to the will of Pilate. He didn't surrender himself to the will of the Pharisees. He didn't surrender himself to the will of the king. No, no, no. He surrendered his will to the one that sits on heaven's throne, not on a Roman throne, not on an American throne. You know what I'm saying? Just like that. And he willfully gives his life over. And it's crazy because during Passover, they kind of had this this tradition that they would do where if there was a... uh, a real bad dude or woman, but most frequently it was guys, uh, and they would choose. And it would be by committee, and they would actually set a prisoner free. It was like an act of grace. It was an act of like giving a second chance. It was an act of like, hey, we, you know what? Let's let's just partner with God of Israel, and you know what? We're gonna we're gonna choose somebody who's uh, probably gonna be really grateful for a second chance in life, and we're gonna set him free during Passover, and it's gonna be amazing. Well, here's the deal. All of a sudden, it kind of comes up, and it's Jesus, and Jesus is going to be crucified. There's going to be all these other things. And they're calling for Jesus, but Herod, Herod's like, I don't find any fault with Jesus. I don't find any fault here. What's this guy done? You know what? Why did you even bring this to me? He sends it back to Pilate's desk and says, "Pilate, you figure this out. I don't even. I'm not wasting my time with this. This guy's just over here making people's lives better. Like, what's going on?" Well, Pilate, leading by committee, which is not always the greatest thing to do. He's leading by committee and, and then the conversation kind of plays out like this where, well, we got Jesus who's innocent, but he's making a lot of people mad. He's trying to usurp Rome. He's trying to usurp Caesar. He's trying to usurp us. He's taking our tax collectors, turning their lives around. He's freeing demoniacs. Like we we he's he's kind of making some noise that we're not super comfortable with. Okay. Well now we got Barabbas. Barabbas, Barabbas, the baddest of the baddest. We got Barabbas who we're kind of thinking about, we're doodling about. You know, maybe we'll release him. Literally, Barabbas, history records, okay? Not just the Bible. History records. Barabbas was a mass genocide kind of guy. Do you know how insane that is in this year and time that you can be a person who's known for committing mass genocide? They didn't have weapons of mass destruction. There wasn't machine guns. There wasn't bombs. There wasn't any of these things. To be a guy known for mass genocide, you would literally have to kill hundreds of thousands of people. Do you get that? Like, this, this man's a bad man. Like, the things that we would say, yeah, that's, that was mass genocide was committed. No, no, no. Barabbas was doing that on, on his own. And this is the guy they're, they're con- considering releasing. So, here it is in this moment. We got Barabbas, Barabbas, the baddest of the baddest. And we got Jesus. Who shall we hang? And who shall we free? Well, Barabbas will most certainly go out and kill again. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. But Jesus will most certainly go out and convert again. Oh, that's not good either. Well, yeah, Barabbas is, you know, he's kind of a murderer, but Jesus is proclaiming to be the Messiah playing all this out well one's going to go out and he's certainly going to kill men, women and children again Barabbas yeah yeah but Jesus he's going to go out and he's going to convert men, women and children again he's going he's to keep making a noise he's a zealot he can't be stopped we've tried we tried to threaten his life, we've tried to threaten his people and here's the decision that they have and suddenly what they chose to do in this moment was an amazing thing, because I'm going to be honest with you this morning. Regardless of what Pilate would have decided in this moment or what voice he would have ultimately listened to, Jesus still would have been the one on the cross. Friends, the reason that is, is because God gave Jesus an assignment. God gave Jesus an assignment, and Jesus had to make an agreement with that assignment. The assignment was this. If God was ever going to have the chance to treat Barabbas like Jesus, well, then he's going to have to treat Jesus like Barabbas. Friends, to me, if God was ever going to have the opportunity to treat Matt McClure like Jesus, then he's got to make the agreement that he is going to treat Jesus like Matt McClure. All of my lust, all of the pain, all of the lies, all of the stealing, all of the things I've done in my 31 years of life, he had to take that. My debt, my penalty. The red in my ledger, he had to take that. And Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. He made an agreement in that moment with heaven's assignment for his life. And it would be, God, treat Matt McClure like you treat me. Have a relationship with Zach Kramer like you have with me. Father, if there's, if there's any other way, I know this is going to be crazy, but God, if it's your will, then I am here for it, whether it's Barabbas or Adrian. Father, if you are ever going to be able to make Matt McClure like me, well, then make me like Matt McClure. Make me like Matt McClure. all the abuse and all of the memories and all of the things and all of his scars, all of it, God, place that on me. And while you're at it, God, put all of Scott's on there too, all of Charlie's on there too, all of Reed's on there too, all of Shanny's on there too. Put it on me. And it was in this moment, friends, that Jesus Christ, he didn't make an agreement with his pain He didn't make an agreement with fear. Lord knows the enemy was coming, right? Lord knows that fear was gonna creep up But Jesus. Sidestepped that because he knew the mission. He knew the assignment. He knew that he had a call on his life to make and it was to be able to take the world and reconcile it back to his father. He wanted to be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters That's what Easter is all about. Easter isn't about cleaning you up. Easter is about making you new. Easter isn't about a tune-up. Easter is about making you new. Easter, it's not about cleaning up your scars or healing your wounds. No, it is literally making you a new creation in Christ Jesus. Friends. That's what this raised new life is all about. Today, we took communion, because Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance to me, and I love how Evan put it. He's like, sometimes we can think about this being a somber moment, and there is. There's like, there's a reverence for this, right? But friends, I'm telling you this, like, that reverence shouldn't be a sadness. That reverence should be awe and wonder. That the king of the universe, Said, man, me with all my shame, me with all my guilt, me with all my pain, me with all my decisions, my self-infliction, the things that I've done, what I've opened myself up to, the people I've hurt, the things that I've done, the anchors I've placed around people to sink them. Like all of these things that we've all done, there's not an innocent one among us today. But there was an innocent one among them. And in order to treat Barabbas and Tristan in a net and, and coal the same as Jesus, he had to, in that moment, treat Jesus like us. And while that's heavy, and while parts of that is sad, Jesus willingly gave up his life. We act like it was taken from him. You can't take something from God. You can't take something from God. If he don't offer it, you can't receive it. Amen? That'll preach six ways from Sunday. But man, he opened himself up and he said, here, take the whole thing. And he was mocked. And they gave him friends with I know The Passion is a great movie and I absolutely love it, but I wish kind of Mel would have taken a little bit more time because friends, that that it's often described as vinegar that was in that pail with the sponge that they gave him. No, 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 what that is, and history records this. You can check this out for yourself. What that is is Roman soldiers would have what they would call a pea bucket. A pea bucket! because they couldn't leave their post, they weren't allowed to fall asleep, they weren't allowed to do anything, they had to stay up day and night and change out shifts and they had to stay there, somebody would bring them food, they had a place that they had to use the bathroom and it was this bucket and that bucket full of human excrement, was what they put up on a sponge and placed in his mouth before ultimately taking a spear piercing his heart to make sure he was truly dead. And when we think about that, it's like, it's a horror movie. That is terrifying. We put a cross on a necklace because it looks awesome. But the cross isn't bling. It's a torture device the cross wasn't for fashion it was for transformation the cross wasn't for fashion it was for ransom because Jesus Christ went to that cross willingly and in that moment the agreement he made wasn't simply that hell lost and heaven won It was that you and I would not be left alone to our own devices. Instead, the Holy Spirit would come, a call of God would be on our lives, and we would have the ability to live the life that Jesus laid down here and now. I feel like I'm going hard on an Easter Sunday. But friends, I didn't didn't feel convicted today that if I have new people in front of me, Maybe you haven't been to church before. Maybe you haven't been to church before in a long time. Whatever it is, I didn't didn't feel the need to tickle your ears. I felt the need to ask you to come home. I I didn't feel called to give you some popcorn, bubblegum, cotton candy message this morning. I came to tell people who are still fully asleep, it's time to come alive. Awake, oh sleeper. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because I'm telling you. There is a raised to new life experience available to every single one of us. But here's what happened. We want to go back to the scripture? Here's Paul. Paul is amazing. Paul isn't too much different than Barabbas. Did you know that? Paul was a guy named Saul. While Barabbas would kill men, women, infant, and children just for the heck of it, whatever his reasons were, clearly he's a broken human being and in need of much grace, as, as am I. But here's Paul, and he was... He would go out and he would murder Christians, murder followers of the way, murder Jesus' people. He would kill them, he would stone them, he would imprison them, he would ransack their homes, he would burn down where they lived and hid and where they reside, and he would take out his frustrations on those that tried to hide the church. That's Paul. But see, what happened was, was one day, by his former name, Saul, was out on a horse, and he was on his way to surely kill more Christians. But he had an encounter with the Lord That resulted in knocking him off his high horse, putting him level ground, blinding him with scales on his eyes, blinding him in the natural until he could truly see in the spiritual. You see, what happened in this moment is Saul had to raise the new life experience. You see, Paul, he left Saul up on that high horse to die. And Paul, when he hit the ground, when he followed Jesus, when he followed the voice of God, when he went on his little journey, when he did that, what happened was God was able to deliver him of blindness, of scales, and of pride. Saul was left on the horse to die, but Paul was on the ground to live. That's a raise to new life. You see, Paul, he says, so what, Rome? What, Romans? Which is an amazing church, by the way. When he, when he starts off this letter to Rome, it's being led by Peter. He's like, this is amazing. You guys are the best. I love you. I can't believe what the Lord is doing in the midst of sheer debauchery in Rome, okay? Literally, you can look this up. Where they would go from where they lived to where they would meet and where they would have church, you would literally pass. Well, I think you've seen a lot of European films nowadays, but they were actually these, well, children. There were these windows cut out where people would try to attract you to come and do things with them for money. They would literally have to pass from the safety of their home where they were hidden. And they would walk through the city streets. And this is where Peter's shadow and other people were healing people. As they walked by, they would go through all this debauchery, not just gambling, but addiction and alcohol and drugs and women and men and all these things just to get to worship, just to get to come together, just to be found in that upper room. You know what's crazy is they could make that journey Every day to go and worship. But how many of us will stay out of church for one sin because we took our eyes off of where we were going and we started looking at the things around us? Peter was a hothead. He could have easily just been like, wow, well, my wife is not here and we've been on this journey and there's these women. Like, I mean, come on. But no, the disciples, just like Paul is saying, What then? Should we just continue on sinning because of grace? No, grace shall set us free. He that knew no sin, Jesus, became sin so that those who have sinned could be raised to a new life in Christ Jesus. Amen? I love that. He said, (laughs) Scripture records He didn't just put on your sin, He became your sin. He became your sin. This was the agreement that Jesus made. You see, I keep using the phrase agreement because we've been in a 10-week series called Agreements here at church. We're friends, both the natural and the supernatural in your life. Whatever you experience from those are the sum total of the agreements that you make, whether you agree with God or you agree with the world, whether you agree with the Holy Spirit or you agree with your flesh, whether you agree with the eternal, never-changing, never-broken promises and word of God or you agree with the ever-changing winds of culture. The agreements you make in the natural and in the spiritual, you will experience the sum total of those agreements that you make. And Jesus, he made the agreements with God, with the word, with the prophecies. He knew his assignment. And because of that, he walked in dynamis power. so many of us, so many of us, we'll have a moment, can I just be honest this morning, we have a moment in church sometimes where maybe we'll hear like what I hope is a Holy Spirit convicting message, we'll hear a word, or we'll get excited because the preacher's got, he's got a voice like this, uh yes, sir. the Lord, uh, oh, I believe uh, he's going to bless you and redeem you and all your finances, you tie $500, you're going to be healed, delivered, a new wife and a new car, all for you, brother. Told you I was Pentecostal. You don't believe me. But we'll hear that, and all of a sudden, we have, well, at the end of a message, we're like, yeah, that's me. I want it. Or we'll rush an altar, or we'll rush a baptism tank, and suddenly we will say, we will come out the waters, we'll come with the raising hand, we'll rush the altar, and we'll go, I want this new life in Christ. But for many of us, whether it was the altar, or the hand raising, or the baptism tank, that was actually the last day that we died. But friends, Jesus, Jesus doesn't offer us come and live. He says, come and die so that I might live through you. Jesus never said, come and live. No, he said, come and die so that I might live through you. It's no longer you that lives, but Christ that lives through you. See, this raised a new life, some of us will come. It will be raised to a life. It will have a moment of newness, but if that moment of newness does not, uh, does not transcend into daily death, we will never daily live. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. No, 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 friends, the amount that you are willing to die is the amount that you will experience Jesus' life through you. Yeah, the amount that you are willing to die is the amount that you will experience Christ living through through you. Pastor Matt, what does that even mean? I'm saying that every single time you wake up and you lay down your ideas, you lay down your notions, you lay down your struggles, you lay down your hatred, you lay down your wounds, you lay down your past, you lay down your future, you lay down your job and your marriage and your girlfriend and your spouse and whomever, you lay it down. And you take on Christ. Paul says we don't go on sinning. No, no, Christ lives through us. Christ lives through us. The amount that you're willing to die is the amount you will experience Christ's resurrection life living through you. Friends, I came to preach to people who are dead so that you might truly live. But friends, if, if that was the last time you died, if you're not dying daily, you're not gonna live daily. If you only die of daily, you will go right back to the chains he broke off of you. If you only die the one time, you will go back. You will go back to your old mindset. Here's what happens. Some of us today, you're in church today, not because someone guilt tripped you or tricked you or, or told you that Lori with the glory was gonna have an amazing cafe, which it is. That cafe's on fire, fam. Some of us today, we leave with a new life and a new waistband. It's gonna be awesome. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. There are bylaws to this agreement that Jesus made. There are benefits to this agreement that Jesus made. There was fine print that Jesus agreed to on that contract of the cross. When he descended into hell, punched the devil in the face, took all the keys back. When he decided that sin was done and life can come in this moment, the bylaws and the benefits state that you must die if you want to live. Death is a blessing. Matt, that's not the message we came to hear today. Why? It's Easter. Death is a blessing. Death is a blessing. Not just in the natural so that one day we can live with Jesus in heaven. No, 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 but death daily is a blessing because death daily leads to new life in Christ daily. You see, friends... When that's the last time that we died was when we got dunked. And the last time we died is when we rushed to the altar. The last time we died was when we raised our hand. If that's the last time we died, what happens is this. And the reason so many of us are found in church today, maybe it's the first time in a long time or the first time ever, is because we experienced that moment. We were like, yeah, Jesus, make me new, all these things. But nobody told us that this was a daily deal. Because what happens is if we're not dying daily, we will go back to our sin daily. We will go back to our self daily. And when we go back to our self daily, we are removing ourselves from our Savior daily. It's not that you're not saved, it's not that he doesn't have your name written in the Lamb Book of Life. It's that you're just not experiencing all that he paid for. And so what happens is this: all of a sudden we go back to our sin daily. Well, then all of a sudden we come to shame daily. And if we come to shame daily, then we're gonna live underneath the cloud of condemnation daily. And if we're living in a cloud of condemnation daily, suddenly we're not going to be drawn back into a Christ-committed community. No, instead we are going to be drawn back into a community of self, a community of culture, a community of the world, a community of denial, a community of deconstruction, a community of questioning everything, simply because we didn't decide to die daily to ourselves so that Christ could live through us daily all of a sudden, we will believe that our peace of mind is found in our old mindsets, instead of our peace of mind being found in the Prince of Peace, who's giving us a renewed mindset. Suddenly, if we're not dying daily, we won't seek comfort in our Christ, we will seek comfort in our chains. God, you led me here. Well, because I didn't choose to lay down my life today, I went back to pornography, I went back to the tinder. I went back to the lying. I went back to the fudging the books at work so that I could make more money. I went back to all of it. Friends, you can be raised to life once, or you can be raised to a new life daily. I love this because Paul goes on, and Scott and Zach, if you want to get ready in the bullpen, we're going to get ready to baptize in just a few moments, and it's going to be incredible. And seriously, if this is you, if you want this new life, here's the kicker. You ready for the kicker? Somebody say, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Paul goes on in this letter to Rome, and he says, Christ died on the cross so that the body of sin could be brought nothing and you would no longer be enslaved to sin he died on the cross so that the body of sin could be brought to nothing but that you would no longer be enslaved to sin. What does that mean? Let me tell you this morning. It means this. Once you were, a, you were dead to a dead body of sin, receiving everything, having everything over you, had total dominion over you, total possession over you, total domination over you. But because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, when he said, it is finished, it is done, and he rolled that tomb out the way, and he did his thing, Suddenly the body of sin that you belonged to was now brought nothing because you are now joined to Christ in the body of Christ. Friends, there's actually a life that God has for you isn't full of struggle and striving. Friends, so many of us, we quit on Jesus because we feel like we just can't get it together long enough to become like Jesus. That's not the goal. Can I free some of y'all today? That's not the goal. That's not the goal. The goal is to become like Jesus, but that's the wrong avenue. Friends, sin is a problem. Sin is a problem. Let me tell you that today on Easter Sunday. Sin is a problem. But it's a problem that Jesus dealt with on the cross 2,000 years ago. Jesus paid the penalty. Do you want to know what? You don't have a sin problem. You have a dying problem. You don't have a sin problem. You have a dying problem. Some of us today, it's not that we're attempting to, we don't need to attempt to struggle street, struggle bus, our way to looking more like Christ. No, 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 no. Some of us, we just suck at dying. Be honest. Friends, a lot of us, we are great at sinning, myself included. I am chief sinner. I am excellent at sinning. I get an A plus in sinning, okay? When I'm going to sin, friggin' Matt's an idiot of the highest measure. Okay. and guess what I accomplished it and then some but that wasn't because I had a sin problem or because temptation was too much or because I was overwhelmed or because I was taken down by the enemy it was because I didn't choose to die when I needed to man the enemy has a hard time fighting people who are already did Am I preaching to anybody this morning? The enemy gonna have a hard time fighting anybody that's already dead. You want to know why? Because if you're dead, then it's Christ that lives through you, and the enemy can't overcome him. It's because Christ now lives through you, and the enemy cannot, will not, will never be able to overcome him. Worship team, you can make your way up here. So what I want to do is this. Raised parentheses to new life. This is a moment. We got extra towels. We got extra T-shirts. Or you can just be like the early church and not care and just get dunked. And as long as your cell phone and wallets out your pocket, you're good. Okay. What's gonna happen is this: is in just a moment we're gonna baptize some people. We got three of them that we know for sure. But I'm telling you, if you're a Christian in here and you ain't been baptized, today's your day. Today's your day. Today's your day. Today's your day. Or maybe you were a Christian like my wife who got baptized as a kid when she was younger, baptized as a baby when she was younger, baptized as a teenager, and then again as an adult when she fully understood. It wasn't because one didn't stick. It was because Adrienne did not have that personal relationship yet with the Lord. It wasn't because she didn't know about the Lord. It wasn't that she wasn't in community with the Lord. It wasn't that she wasn't in church or anything. It was the simple fact that this was now her actual choice. It wasn't emotion. And it wasn't She wasn't provoked into it, but it was a declaration, and it was a choice. Lord, have all of me. I want to invite you guys to stand to your feet, because here's the deal. Raised to a new life. Friends, I'm not, I'm, not talking from a, I'm not talking from a place of perfection this morning. I have not arrived, and neither have you. I am a daily clean-up, tune-up, working on sanctification, me and the Holy Spirit having lots of conversations every single day kind of guy. See, when I was 16 years old, that was the first time I met Jesus. It was the first time. It was the only time. It was a moment in my life where I hadn't gone to church. I'd heard of church. I wasn't a part of it. I'd maybe gone to a few Catholic masses when I was younger. I might have had some experiences. I might have had some Christians maybe in my sphere, but I didn't really understand or know. I wasn't, quite frankly, I wasn't interested. But you see, Matt McClure, Matt McClure, he grew up in a home. With a father and a mother who everything they did was based off self-serving interests brokenness and quite frankly because they did what they wanted to do you see eyes up here guys no distractions let people do what they got to do this is a moment for you and the lord see i grew up in an alcoholic drug-addicted, physically, mentally, and sexually abusive household. That's what I grew up with. It wasn't just one parent, it was both. It wasn't just one night, it was all of them. When we're hanging out with friends or we're talking about childhood stories, I don't bring anything up because guess what? I don't have anything to laugh at. And if I bring it up, everybody goes, Matt, that's dark, you ruined it. Like, that's my life. And so one night, it was a Tuesday, and my dad was feeling extra spicy. It was a Tuesday night, and he was just coked out of his mind. And for whatever reason, he decided that my sister, Maggie, who's four years older than me, was gonna get the blunt end of his abuse. Well, me being 16 years old, Spitting image of my dad Well, I decided I couldn't handle this I couldn't allow this I'm the man of the house now you ain't around enough It's me and Maggie. We got each other's backs. You ain't coming in here and doing that again So I come home and all of a sudden I just hear shouting and he's got my sister locked in her room You're this, you're that, you're the reason your mother and I split up, you're the reason I'm addicted, you're the reason that I drink, you're the reason that I'm abusive, you're the reason for this and the reason for that. And he is laying all of his brokenness and all of his sin on my sister. I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit rising up in me because we didn't know each other yet, or it was just the fact that I was a less broken but still broken smitten image of my dad. And I went out in my garage, and what I grabbed was what I called the equalizer. See, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. I love Triple H. He used a sledgehammer on people. So I grabbed a sledgehammer, and I began to break that door open as hard as I could, smashing my knuckles up against the door frame, bloodying myself to stop whatever was happening in that room. And my sister ran out in tears, clothes ripped, bruises, it's already setting in. I have no idea how long this was going on for at this point. And she runs down the hallway, she gets into, by the grace of God, our bathroom that also has a lock on it. Well, before she can lock it, my dad has already made quick work of me, tossed me to the side, disposed of me. Called me a wussy, but another word. And he makes his way to the bathroom to proceed to do what he was doing in Maggie's room. And so I pick myself back up, and I grab the sledgehammer, and I go and I beat that door open too. And once again, there's my sister. And so Maggie gets out, and she finally runs out of the house. And my father begins to berate me again and completely emasculate me, demoralize me tear into me, rip me a new one. I mean there wasn't a whole lot left of math at this moment. And he decides to take me and he throws me through a glass sliding door of our bathtub. And so not only Has he just put my sister through all of hell on earth? But here I am. I am in a bathtub covered in glass. I've got cuts everywhere my head. Everything is bleeding. Everything's hurting. And my father proceeds to go to the master bedroom directly across the hallway. And this might be too much information. But decides to turn on pornography and just do some more. 20 minutes I was in that bathtub just trying to figure out how I was going to get out of the house. And I finally get up, and he's too preoccupied with whatever he's got going on. And I run out of that house, and my mother was at this Catholic church at an Al-Anon meeting in the basement, that's where my sister had got to, it was a rainy night, and here I am, I am just running a half mile down the road, I've got glass, I've got blood, I've got lacerations, I am cut up from the floor up. And I found myself in that church basement, my mother's just losing it. And so we go back to the house. We go back to the house and we actually just grab some things, and my dad's just berating everybody and laughing. We go and stay at a friend's house. And the next day, my mother, she's a bus driver, so she had to go to work, so she had to do some things, and she was like, you guys, you know, obviously you don't have to go to school. Stay here. Just stay safe. Like... It's all going to be okay. We'll figure this thing out when I get home tonight. And I said, no, I'm not staying here. I don't want to be here with your friend. I don't want to be a project. I don't want to be somebody who just has to be tended to and watched to. Like, no, I went to school that day. I went to school that day. I did not showered. I was nasty. I was scuzzy. I was broken, bleeding, and just I got pulled to my guidance counselor office going, Matt, what is going on? They're trying to call police. They're trying to do things. And I'm just trying to talk them off a ledge. And I find myself in first period. There's this kid, Matthew. I hated Matthew. You wonder why? Petty. He had the same name as me. I also hated him because he was a Jesus freak. Believe it or not, when I was a youth, that was an actual, like, derogatory term. Nowadays, we wear it like a badge of honor. Thanks, DC Talk. And Matthew, who I had beat up, who I have bullied, and guess what? I bullied him so bad that right here in my arm is still a piece of graphite from the pencil he stabbed me with one day when I pushed him too far. Yes, Lord. And though I had bullied him, and though I had made fun of him, and though I had chastised him because he was weird, a Christian, and homeschooled, He got in my face for eight hours. Everybody else just left me alone. All of my actual friends just left me alone. I was just in a desk by myself. I was in chess club. Nobody even wanted to play chess with me. You know you're lonely if you're already in chess club, let alone being alone in chess club. But eighth period gets there, and the day is about to end, and the bell is going to ring at 310. Yeah, young people. We used to get out at 310, not this 245 stuff, okay? Y'all are blessed. 220, what? I'm just getting shorter. But Matthew, he knows. He hits me up and he goes, bro, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I don't know. He's like, well, do you really want to go home? And I said, no. And he was like, so tell me what's going on and, and, and we can do something. And I tell him every intimate detail. He says to me, He goes, Listen, I know you don't like Jesus. And I know you don't like me. But I got youth tonight. And so we could go. We go to my house. My mom will make Tony's pizza. And we can go to youth. Youth is at seven. We'll probably be done by 8.30, 9 o'clock. That means you're home by 10. Maybe your dad will be passed out. Maybe your mom will be passed out. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, we could go and skate. We could play Xbox. There's cute girls there. And I was like, well, there's cute girls and pizza. That's better than what's at my house. So I go with them. And I sat there. They had Xboxes. They had a rock climbing wall. It was lit. But I sat there in judgment. And I watched as these people raised their hands to an imaginary God, I thought. And I laughed at them. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, who is this? Like, it's Cutlass. And I was like, Cutlass sucks. And I was just being... The absolute butt munch that I could be. And then the pastor gets up. Pastor Sean. Who is this Amber Crombie and Fitch reject, I said. You know, it's funny. Pastor Sean actually sold $1,000 when we got this building to help us out. We reconnected last year at a Rise Shine conference. And it was amazing. Because the pastor that led him to the Lord was the one putting the conference on. And then he led me to the Lord was an amazing moment I'll never forget it I got to share the same testimony with his church via video And pastor Sean's going off he's in it and I loved it he had the, he hear the seashell necklace all tight choking up you know what I'm saying like Hollister everywhere like it was that day and I sat there and pride and judgment and I scoffed and I mocked and I yelled and I said stupid things in the middle of service, 200 kids there, and I'm being an idiot. And then he got to the end of his message. And he was talking about all these things that are found in the new life of Christ. And then I don't know if it was prophetic from heaven to him, but it was prophetic from heaven to me. And he said the same thing I'm going to tell you today. I can introduce you to a Father who will never treat you the, ways your has, the way yours has." And I'm in this moment of judgment and pride and I'm laughing and I'm like, what is going on? Then all of a sudden, He says, I can introduce you, it's the only thing I heard the entire night because I wasn't running my mouth when He said it. I can introduce you to a Father who will never treat you the way yours has. And something came over me I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit I don't know if it was my body having a physical convulsion because I had never known the difference I had never known there was some other father out there who wasn't Ted I didn't know that there was a new life I didn't know that something could actually happen where Matt didn't have to remain Matt or become a recreation of Ted but I could have a new life in Christ And my arms shot up and I stood up and I am full of snot and tears and brokenness. And he came through the crowd and he grabbed me. And he prayed with me. I heard a call from God that night. That this was what I was made to do was to lead others to a father who would never treat them the ways that they're had. friends, today, I'm not going to play on your emotions, I'm going to play on the reality that God is a good God, He is a heavenly Father, He is perfect, and what yours may have lacked, and what yours may have done to you, and what yours maybe was absent entirely, I don't know, Maybe it was a mother that was the person that hurt you the most. Or maybe you grew up in what would look like a perfect situation. It's still not as perfect as God, your heavenly Father. So, right now, we're going to begin to sing. We're going to start baptizing. And here's the deal with every head bowed and eye closed in this place. If you want to meet, I don't, young and old alike. If you want to meet this Father, if you want to start this new life, Not a better cleaned up version and not the same new life that he gave me. But your very own blood bought, Jesus purchased, prophecy fulfilled, past rescuing, future redeeming, security for all eternity, new life. If you want to meet that father, begin a relationship with him, then I'm going to count to three. And on three, I want you to shoot your hand up high enough and long enough just so that I can see it. And then I'm going to pray over you. And we're going to start this thing off tonight. If you want to meet this father, Easter Sunday, 2022, if this is your moment to begin, not just a raised life of any kind, but a new life. One, two, three. Hand up. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there any other hands in the house? Amazing. Amazing. And what I want to do is this. I'm going to pray over you. And legit. I'm gonna. I just want to put out the invitation. Be baptized. Give God your whole self. Don't hold any. You don't have to be perfect. Come tomorrow. We're a community. This is a journey together. We will get there. But today, this is a moment where you start that relationship, and you say, "God, you can have all of me." So, Father, I just thank you for those three hands that went up. Father, right now we just pray and we ask you, God, that you would come on them like you did me at 16 years old in a place called the Wago. Father, that you would come and you would rest on them and you would impress upon them. And you would tell them, Father God, that I am better than anything you've experienced. I have more for you than you've ever experienced. Your abuse is not your future. Your scars are not your future. Your open wounds are not your future. Jesus Christ's scars are your future. Jesus Christ's life is your future. Jesus Christ's ability and power and dynamics and glory forever, that is your future. He's got more for you ahead than anything behind you. And he will use your past. will use your past to bring his message to the masses because he is still the redeeming God count of three, the whole entire church just is going to explode in praise and worship because heaven is exploding in praise and worship because three souls just came home. Today you are no longer lost. You are found. You are welcomed and you are going to spend the rest of your days on this earth and the days after this earth in the presence of God. In Jesus my name, Faithfield Church just crazily goes. Amen. Amen. So, the worship team's gonna keep worshiping. You keep worshiping. We're gonna start dunking, people, and it's just gonna be a hallelujah hoedown. Does that sound good? Yeah. Then let's go, go. Amy, before uh, we start, Marcus, would you hop in, bro? Um, so this hit me. Um.